A reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 11. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, Look how he loved him. But some of them said, But could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd, the sake of the crowd standing by, so that they may know and they may believe that you sent me. When Jesus had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Dear friends in Christ, dear saints of God, grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the resurrection and the hope. I was in line at the grocery store this last week, <clears throat> waiting for my turn, listening to the cashier and the customer in front of me chatting while the groceries were being rung up. It's not exactly that I was trying to eavesdrop on their conversation. It's, it's more that wearing masks and being in a busy store while music is playing in the background and, and machines are beeping everywhere and Small children are letting their parents know that nap time or snack time was about 30 minutes ago, means that a lot of us have to talk a little more loudly than we normally do. So I was just able to hear the conversation unfolding in front of me, bits and pieces anyway. How are you doing? Asked the cashier. And the customer said, well, I'm holding it together. holding it together. I thought about that when it was my turn for the groceries and I handed over my reusable bags. As usual, I had come to the store for about five things and had brought in two bags just in case. And also as usual, I had bought about 40 things and now two bags were probably not enough. You can just cram it in there, I told the cashier. And so he did, but 
I wondered as I pushed my cart out to the parking lot if the bags would split at the seams when I tried to put them in the car. I guess they're holding it together, I thought. And then I wondered if that's how the customer in front of me had felt. Still going, still functioning, still putting one foot in front of the other, but wondering if the seams were just about to split. Worried that one more thing might be the thing that finally tipped the scales, finally burst the container wide open. I'm holding it together, barely. You don't need me to tell you that holding it together is how a great many of us have felt for a long, long time now. Carrying on, caring more, and wondering if there is a thing out there, what it might be that will finally split the seams. A few months ago, I preached about an image that Pastor Nadia Boltz-Weber had written about, that we are kind of like fuse boxes that have reached their capacity. And now I am comparing us to old reusable grocery bags. So besides the fact that you might not feel terribly complimented by the images that I am giving you recently, I have noticed something else that these two have in common. And that is, neither of these images are human. <laughs> are you a fuse box beyond its limits? Are you a bag about to disintegrate under too much weight. How about if you're just a human, a human being trying to hold it together? All Saints Day is a day of holding a lot of things together. Even things that may seem to be opposites of one another. So on All Saints, we honor and we are honest about, we name the deep grief among us because of people that we know and love who have died, whose names we will speak in worship today, which is compounded by the collective loss in our world and the grief of not being able to gather for so long and say our goodbyes together. And along with that grief comes deep gratitude for the people we loved, whose lives changed ours, enriched ours, shaped and formed the world as we know it, and who gave us a little glimpse of the love of God. So today we hold grief and gratitude. We hold hope and anxiety, the hope of younger children beginning to get their turn at vaccinations, the hope that COVID case numbers seem to be declining, the hope that comes from being able to be together this year, even if it's not quite the same, when last year at this time, we couldn't do anything like this safely at all. And yet, the anxiety that comes from having had the rug pulled out from under our hope so many times over the last 21 months. Like we are living with constantly bracing ourselves for what might be coming, and yet looking forward to what might be possible, holding them together, hope and anxiety. 
Today in our congregation, we are holding together beginnings and middles and endings. So we are joyfully saying hello to our new pastor, Pastor Gina and her family, and the excitement about this new chapter in our congregation's life. At the same time, we are finding ourselves right in the middle of making our way stumbling and fumbling back into life together, and things are still unfolding, and they're not quite the way they were. And it's okay to still be missing the way things were, maybe missing Pastor Mike or Pastor Rita or Pastor Mary Alice, or just missing the world as it once was, even in all its imperfections. That means today we are holding grief and gratitude and hope and anxiety and beginnings and middles and endings. And it turns out that all of these are also woven into the gospel as that story is being told. As we begin to read it, we hear how Mary and Martha are angry at Jesus for not being there when they needed him, and yet they're hopeful that his presence, when he does show up, will still be reason to hope. We hear that Jesus weeps with them. He honors their grief. He makes space for their loss, and yet he opens up the possibility of resurrection. We hear that Lazarus's life is both ending and beginning. And yet, even Lazarus's family can't go back to once was. It must be that mixed into the joy of his return to his family would always be the sense of loss and sorrow and fear they had experienced when he died. And maybe Jesus is weeping too, knowing that his own life is nearing its end. In John's Gospel, it's the raising of Lazarus, which finally makes the authorities decide they need to get rid of this guy once and for all. Or so they thought. Last spring, I asked a member of our congregation, Marion, about the possibility of a new altar cloth that would remind us, be a, a physical symbol of how our community has been bound together even while we were apart. Marion took that half-formed suggestion, and she and Marla, along with their husbands, Dave and Bill, turned that into a work of art, the altar cloth that's behind me. Week after week, they showed up, and they set up a table with a special cloth and pens for folks to sign or cards that be, could be signed and the signatures transferred on. They were here on Senior Quilt Sunday and Confirmation Sunday, and as we began to gather for outdoor worship in the parking lot, and then when we finally came back into the building and back into the sanctuary, they were here. They showed up over and over again, and I cannot thank them enough. I hope that someday you might be able to be in this space so that you can take time to look at all the names that are held on this cloth. They're the, the joyful signatures of young children. They're really big. <laughs> There's the small, careful signatures of many adults. There are groups of little families together. There are friends whose names are right next to each other. There are other names right next to each other of people who have probably never met. At the bottom of this cloth, right next to the names of loved ones who are not here anymore, whose citizenship is now in heaven, 
On the bottom is room for the names of those who have not yet been born or adopted or found their way into this community. Think about all of the stories this cloth holds, hope and anxiety of grief and gratitude, all the beginnings and the middles and the endings, all the laughter and the tears, the stories of isolation and resilience. It's a sign of the harsh realities of a global pandemic, but also of the resilient refusal of a congregation to be torn apart. Every hand that picked up a pen and signed this cloth is a hand that maybe prayed for vaccines or held Kleenex for weeping friends. Those hands typed in Zoom links or wrote cards to neighbors or built candy shoots for Halloween. Those hands put on masks day after day after day. Maybe today, you are holding it all together. But there will come a day for all of us, and maybe you've been there before, when the seams do split, when the weight is just too much, when gratitude is overwhelmed by grief and anxiety drowns our hope, and the endings seem relentless and cruel. And with the grieving sisters, we say, if you had been there, Jesus, this would not have happened. All Saints makes room for all of it. All the grief and the worry and the messy middles and the hard endings, the gratitude and the hope and the rising of a new beginning. All Saints tells us about a Messiah who weeps with us, who yearns for life with us, and who finally unbinds us from all the tangled webs we weave. On this day, as we worship, as we see the names on the table, as we bring our hopes and our joys and our sorrows and our gratitude and our grief, and it washes over us, we hear this good word. That whether you are holding it together or not, at this table and in the love of God, in this life and in the next, you are held. Amen.